Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for, for music, music teachers. teachers. Welcome to episode 40 of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and in this show, I'll talk you through my process for planning out group workshops. Hey there, beautiful teachers. Last week, I talked you through the sort of logistical side of group workshops. So how to make decisions about how many you're going to do, whether you're going to do one a term, whether they're going to replace lessons for that week, whether you're going to charge for them or roll them into tuition and all that lovely businessy stuff. So that was last week in episode 39. Go back and check that out if you're interested in that side of it. This week, we're going to be talking about planning out the group workshops. I touched on this and the kinds of things I do in episode 38 as well, where I talked you through the 12 bar blues improvisation activity that you can do as an ensemble with a group of students at various levels. So today what I want to do is talk you through more generally how to actually plan these things out. Because it's something that I definitely have come to over time and over doing this lots of times, maybe a little bit wrong. And I've come up with a system that I repeat for every group workshop I do that helps me to stay on track when planning it and also during it. So it's a simple way for me to refer back to my plans as well later on. So the first, first step in this planning out process is to just pick a theme. And I really, really recommend you pick a theme. It can be a bit arbitrary. It can just be what you feel like doing. It doesn't have to be any associated with any particular event coming up or anything like that, although it can be. But even if you don't have a reason to pick out a theme, pick one. It's going to make your planning so much easier. This is one of those cases where actually narrowing the options makes something easier. It's like when students are improvising or composing, right? If we just tell them, okay, improvise something. Well, that's impossible. What are they going to do? They're probably going to freeze. But if we say, okay, play an A major pentascale in your right hand and whatever chord in your left hand, if we give them parameters, it makes it easier. And it's the same thing for you planning out your group workshop. So that's why I want you to pick a theme. Now, there's tons of options for themes, but I'll just give you some quick ideas. The first and most obvious and the place a lot of people start with group workshops is performance readiness or performance preparation. So if you're doing this group workshop to get ready for a concert or recital, that can basically be your theme is performance, right? Because you're going to go through concert etiquette stuff. You're going to have students perform, critique each other's performances, perhaps, and maybe even discuss other people's performances. Look up famous pianists on YouTube and see how they perform and the gestures they use and that kind of stuff, right? That builds your theme out really nicely. Another theme you might consider is practice skills. This is one I've done a few times in the past. I tend to call it practice power or something like that uh, to make it a bit catchy. And that's where we work on actual practice skills and practice techniques during the workshop. You could also pick out a particular composer for your workshop and center the whole thing around them. It doesn't mean that everything has to be aligned to your theme. You can throw in other bits and pieces but it gives you an overall focus. So a composer is a great one to do, a particular musical era or film music, something like that. 
where you're picking out a genre of music. You could also theme it based on colours. It could be all about different colours, or it could be all about different animals. You could theme it based on a holiday that's coming up, like Easter or Christmas or summer or any event like that, Valentine's Day. Whatever it is, you could theme it all around that. Or maybe you do a composing workshop, right? That's a great one to do as well. So those are just a few ideas. Any theme you come up with yourself is great. What I'm going to help you do is take that theme and use it to plan out your group workshop. So step one is to pick the theme. Step two is going to be to set up a spreadsheet. Exciting times, right? So a spreadsheet, an Excel sheet, Google sheet, whatever software you have yourself, or a piece of paper with a table laid out on it. What I want you to do is take the left-hand column and write in five-minute increments starting from your workshop time. So I'll give you an example. Let's say the workshop is going to be 90 minutes and it starts at 2 p.m. So you're going to write in that left-hand column, you're going to write 2 p.m. Next row down, you're going to write 2.05, then 2.10, then 2.15, and go forward that way. And actually, if you just select a couple of those cells and drag down in the corner, Excel or Google Sheets or anything will just repeat that pattern for you. So you don't even have to write them all out if you don't want to. Having five minute increments means that you can be pretty fine grained about how you plan the activities, about what you're going to do, because you're not really going to do anything for less than five minutes. Um, But there certainly are things that only take five minutes. So I like to plan it out there that way rather than going in bigger chunks. And it also helps you to see visually how long you're spending on certain things and how it's all breaking down. Rather than just writing in the duration for something, this helps you visually map it out, right? Because you're going to fill in the same activity for several of those chunks or units in a row if, if that's what the activity is going to take up. So you've got your five minute increments down the left hand side. The next thing to fill in is your big activity. So I recommend planning one big thing to do at your group workshop. That'll take up a lot of the time (laughs) because a bunch of little things will be way more planning for you, way harder to figure out. And it will feel choppy to your students, actually. They'll get tired way faster. I'm a big advocate for jumping between activities in regular lessons, but in group workshops, you really do need something big to grasp onto for a large portion of the time. Otherwise, you're just jumping all over the place and the kids will get restless. They'll get a bit jumpy and they might start getting distracted from the activity, even though it's such a short amount of time. They're not going to stay on task nearly as well. So plan something big. Now, some examples of something big. For example, you could have the 12 Bar Blues improv that I shared with you two episodes ago in episode 38. That would be something big because it does take quite a while for everyone to rotate through all of those stations. So if you're not sure what I'm talking about there, go back and check out episode 38. You can get to it at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash 38, the number is 38. That could be one big activity to do for a big chunk of time. I mean, that might take 30 to 40 minutes even you could spend on that because you could first talk about the blues and go through it and talk about the structure and go over that and the scale and set everyone up choose your rhythm instruments, rotate everyone through every station, that can easily take 30 to 40 minutes. Another big activity might be if you have a composing theme. Well, the big activity is the actual composing, whether you're going to do it all as a group where you compose one piece all together, 
or whether students are going to split up and work in pairs or something like that. That's going to take a large chunk of the time and other activities are going to prepare for and go along with that composing activity. Okay, another option might be that you're going to do an improv based on one of Beethoven's pieces or you're all going to create an ensemble together at least based on one of Beethoven's pieces for your Beethoven theme. And in fact, this is what we do in the Beethoven Bash. So there's a workshop plan that just came out in the Vibrant Music Teaching Library, which I talk you through in a video and give you a full laid out plan for. And that's actually based around Beethoven. So it's called Beethoven Bash. And that would be one of the big activities in that. Okay, so lay out your big activity, whatever that is, and fill it in for the time. It shouldn't go at the very start of your workshop, but it should go close to the start probably about 10 or 15 minutes in, depending on the length of your workshop. And highlight all of the cells that that's going to take up in your sheet. Highlight all of the section that it's going to take up. So say it's going to be 30 minutes, it's going to take six of those five minute units. And write in what it is, whatever the activity was, 12 bar blues or whatever, and highlight that all the same color so that you can see that big chunk taken up. That Always when I do that moment, when I decide on my big activity and it takes up a huge chunk of it, that's when I breathe a bit of a sigh of relief, right? Because it's like, oh, most of the time is actually sorted. This isn't such a big deal. Then the next thing I would do is think about if you need a break. If you're doing an hour or even an hour and 15, I would say definitely no break. 90 minutes is debatable and I've actually gone back and forth on this myself, but I've started doing the break again. And I think I'm going to stick with it. Just a five minute break somewhere around the middle to give everyone juice makes a huge difference to their energy because they get that little hit of sugar. They aren't dehydrated. That's a big problem with energy levels at these kinds of things. And it gives them a, a chance to just sort of chill for a moment, maybe chat to each other, maybe not, maybe just have the silence for a second. And yeah. It makes a big difference to how much they pay attention in that second half of the workshop. So I'd say 90 minutes or more. Definitely, if you're doing two hours, you need a little break in the middle. And just some juice to have on hand or even just water is fine. Don't feel like you have to make a big feast for a bunch of kids to have at a break. So that's the first two elements locked in. You've got your big activity or activities if you have a couple and you've got your break. Now you've got a five to 10 minute chunk to fill at the start, and then you've got the rest of the time to fill. The five to 10 minute chunk at the start, you need to do something as a warm up activity. Ideally, this would be something where people can slip in. I'm always surprised by quite how punctual most of the students in my studio are, but there's always going to be someone who has to arrive late or, yeah, just even a few minutes. And you don't want to be sitting there staring at each other, waiting for them to get there to start the first activity. So pick something where you can just start it with whoever's there and people can join in. Great suggestion for this that I got a while ago was for a guess what I am kind of thing. So you pin a musical symbol appropriate to a student's level onto their back, pin or tape or whatever. And then the student themselves asks other students questions about it. So am I a dynamic? Am I a note? Am I a note value? What, you know? And they can ask yes or no questions and try and guess what it is. This works great because 
as students walk in and arrive, their thing pinned to their back and it gets to explain to them or they can figure it out by what's going on around them. And this can actually keep going for the whole group workshop. So when I've done this, students, when they guess it, we take it off their back, but we just leave it on otherwise, which is quite fun because they can, at various points, just ask another student behind them, beside them, hey, is it a treble clef or whatever? Yeah, and then they take it off, right? So that's a really handy one to do. And I loved getting that tip from one of the members in the Vibrant Music Studio Teachers Group on Facebook. And... Other things I've done are just a song where people can just slip in and we can be singing it on repeat, a song that comes with a clapping activity or some kind of actions to go with it, where we can just do it on repeat and students can join in as they arrive, or a game that works when you start in the middle. You need something like that for when people arrive. Or the last option would be, and I use this a lot actually, a listening activity. Guess what this is. So play guess what era this is from guess what composer this is or I love to do this with themed things so for example I have animal tracks that are all representing different animals and they can guess what animal it is I also love to do this I've been doing this recently with June Armstrong's book which is called Paintbox sorry that's the name I was thinking kaleidoscope and that's not right Paintbox And each piece represents a different colour. And that's a really fun one. Kids love guessing that. And it works especially well since I have such young students and much older students. The colours is a great equaliser for that. So that's a good one for when students are just dripping in as well. And from there, just use your theme to come up with other little exercises and activities, games and improvisation prompts and things like that and drip them into the remainder of your plan. You shouldn't actually end up with too much time left at this stage, depending on how long your workshop is. And that's it. That's my simple process. I print that out at the maximum size I can, and I leave it on my little teaching desk so that I can quickly refer to it. And the reason I write out 2pm, 2.05, etc., rather than 5 minutes, 10 minutes just into the workshop, is that I can quickly glance at my watch and see, okay, it's 2.25, we're ahead of schedule. This next exercise should take a little bit longer. I can sort of take my time with it. Or, whoa, we're way behind and I definitely want to do that fourth activity that we have, so we should speed this up or I should um, call the game early or whatever it is. So that's been really handy and that's been the easiest way for me to stay on track and feel like I know what's going on without reading some lengthy description of what I wanted to do because that's just impossible you've got 10 or 12 kids looking at you for attention and you are just not going to be able to read full sentences in that time so just having the time there and the title of the activity is enough to jog my memory that's it that's my process for planning out group lessons and I hope it's been useful for you as I said there is a group workshop plan and now available to vibrant music teaching members So if you go into the library or the video library, that'll be right at the top at the moment. It's called Beethoven Bash. And there's games and activities all around one of our favourite composers, right? So we can learn more about him and have some fun learning about music history. You can hop over to the video library to grab that. And if you're not a member, of course, you can sign up first and then you'll get instant access to it and every other resource inside Vibrant Music Teaching. So you can go to vmt.ninja to sign up and get access to the Beethoven Bash. 
That's it for this week. I hope you had fun with it and that you have fun at your group workshop with your new group workshop lesson plan. And I'll see you next week. Bye for now. If you're finding it hard to come up with ideas and games and composing ideas and everything else for your group workshop, then you need to join Vibrant Music Teaching. There's a whole library of printables and games and creative prompts, as well as fully planned out group workshop plans for you to use in your studio. Just hop on over to vmt.ninja and sign up today.